You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 Cast, your ultimate answer for fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we've got another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about Season 2 of Marvel's Runaways. But before we do that, let's meet our cast for this week. And so first up, you know him as our resident dinosaur. He also comes in on the satellite of love, but without his robot friends, and that is my buddy Mike Nelson, Mr. Trex himself. How are you doing, Mike? I am doing fine. I'm going to get jiggy with it. <laughs> I I like your like, sort of Zap Brannigan kind of voice you're doing right there. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> This is my exhausted voice. Okay. <laughs> I don't sleep well because I'm not an adult. Yeah, we've been plagued by technical difficulties today and also by someone who wasn't able to make it today. So it has been an experience. It has. So, uh, Mike, what's been going on for you since the last time you were on the show? Oh, just uh, a lot of work, a lot of streaming. Uh, just and, and not enough sleep. Yeah. Not enough sleep. I feel you. Uh, just, uh, we're, I uh, will tell this story. We're, uh, so my office, my IT department, which is only just four of us, three technically, uh, we're removing offices to another building. And I am basically living the IT li- the IT crowd life because I am both Jin and Moss. I am Moss because, well, my hair. And because I am, be- I am moving to the basement. We're moving to the basement into this new into this other building, and I'm also Jin because I'm coming from the third floor with windows to the basement. So I, I I'm all confused. I just need an Irish accent, and I can be Roy, and I can have my own sitcom. I'd watch it. Thank you. <laughs> Not Mike, sure the production value, but thank you. Mike Nelson is the IT guy. That's basically how every employee who calls treats it. <laughs> I have I have a telecommunications manager. I have my IT director. I even have my network security guy that no one really sees because he works from home. But because I'm always the front line, they always forget about the other two. And it's like that's a Alan thing. Like who? Like my telecommunications? He he handles phones and stuff. Like oh, you don't handle that, dear? I'm like no, ma'am. That is uh, above me and my knowledge. Would you like me to check for you for malware bites? just whenever anyone calls you with a problem mike just ask them to turn their computer off and on i do (laughs) oh that's always the first up and it's believe it or not it's actually 70 percent of the fix 
the other 30 is user error. Well, see, here's my problem, Mike. So I'm okay with you telling people to do that as the first step. My problem when I would call the IT company when I worked for my previous employer is that I would tell them I've already turned it off and turned it back on and it didn't help, but they would still make me do it again. And that's what pissed me off, because it's like, I'm smart enough to know to do this first, and I've told you I've done it already. You shouldn't make me do it over again, because then it's just wasting time. Well, luckily, I am. I, I, I've heard that. I have. And as a person who listens, I make sure to say, okay, I'll ask the question, and if they have, and I'll just go, okay, you did. I will, I will believe you. I just want to ask to double check. Now... Do it again because I'm special, and the computer knows that you're called. The computer, the computer is a child; it knows that you called the parent, which is me. So it's going to act right. That is always the fix because I remote in, and they're like, "Yeah, I can't. It's not typing right." But now that I'm remoted with you, of course, it's going to start typing right. Yes, ma'am. It is a child, and you called the parent. <laughs> I've never had it work for turning it off and turning it back on after I've already done it the first time. That has never been the fix. <laughs> it doesn't need to happen a second time. Now, sometimes you're right. I've turned it off and turned it back on, and then it fixes the problem, but not a second time. That doesn't fix it. There's something else wrong at that point. So, so Mike, I want to ask you the question that I'm sure is on everyone's mind that's listening to this podcast. When are Crow and Servo coming on the show with you? Whenever I can afford the pop figures. No. <laughs> Touche. Apparently, those are much more expensive than your average day pop figures. <laughs> and the Beanie Baby crowd is quite thirsty. Yeah. Well, I've, I, I don't know if it helps, but I have my Crow and, and Servo miniatures over here. They're, they're not pop figures, but they're, they're miniatures. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> I've got a gypsy too, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get him. No one can see. This is an audio show. No one can see. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> she's going to get them. All right. So <laughs> it's good. It's good to have you back on, Mike. It's good to be back. All right. So. Gypsy. Okay. Tom Servo. So, so those thuds are the characters coming on the podcast right now. Oh, so. man, they gained some weight. <laughs> right. So now to, <laughs> to introduce our latest member of our podcast. <laughs> um, you You're know. laughing because he's giving you faces, isn't she? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I am now. <laughs> I'm trying to do a Tom Servo here. Uh, it's not as good as my other voices. Um, so, uh, you know her as our queen of cosplay, our sultan of sewing, and that is my, that is my lady wife, Beth Laws. How are you doing, Beth? I'm doing fine, thank you. You're welcome. I can't remember what I said the last time, so I made up some new ones. I think. Okay. It was sorceress, yeah. Okay. So, how are how are you? I'm okay. <laughs> What's been going on for you in the last year since the last time you were on the show? A lot, but since I'm known for my cosplay here, I'm going to keep it to that topic for now. Okay. Um, so, for Chicago TARDIS, I made a crinoline cage, which is basically a giant steel skirt to make the skirt like a big bell shape. And, um... I made a Victoria costume with that. 
and wore that for the masquerade. So that was my thing this year. And for this coming year, in November, I'm going to tackle the, uh, the massive feat of engineering known as Davros. Mike, do you want to comment on that? <laughs> we're, we're trying to recreate the scene here. <laughs> he, the moment's gone, Nathan. God. Okay. <laughs> it fell into the ether. We can't get it back. You, you, you can't just have like one like ooh or ah or something. Let me get Let me let me focus. Can he have boobs? <laughs> That's close enough. We'll move on. (laughs) Well, that came came completely without context. I just wanted you to be like a, ooh, Davros, that sounds pretty cool, or something like that. I didn't... You, you like, jumped to the end of the last conversation. I did. (laughs) That's what I do. Yeah. So, basically, I've never cosplayed a dude before, so it's a little... He's half a dude. It's okay. (laughs) But it's still the half. Supposed to, that doesn't have boobs. <laughs> yeah. And I do have boobs. <laughs> Ginormous ones. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> the other half I don't have to worry about so much. <laughs> I don't even trying to think. Like, you don't really see a lot of Davros cosplayers. I don't really ever remember even seeing one at any of the Who conventions, even in London. It's it's been done. I've seen I've seen a few. I mean, I'm not sure. I think I've seen one in person, and I've seen pictures of them, you know, of, of others. But I mean, it's it's complicated, right? Because it's I mean, it's even harder than a Dalek because you've got to do all the things you've got to do for a Dalek almost, and then but you've also got to do the actual costume part inside as well and be presentable while you're in it. Whereas if you just do a Dalek, you can just hide in that thing and look like a mess, and nobody knows. Yeah, and as Davros, you're practically paralyzed. Your neck doesn't move, only one hand moves, and even then, it's, like, completely rigid. I've already practiced how my hand is supposed to pose. She's hardcore. She's an award-winning cosplayer. (laughs) Have you seen the pictures of Alpha Centauri that I put on Facebook, Mike? I have not. (laughs) She she did the chicken dance on stage with six arms. And one blinking eyeball. That's right. You did. You blinked the eyeball. It's amazing that you're just not doing YouTube videos at this point to show what you how the the process that you're doing this. I have the video on my Facebook page. I probably I probably could put it on YouTube. I never thought of it. Yeah, you could put it on YouTube. Yeah. If you wanted to. I think I will. Okay. I mean, (laughs) as as a guy who spends about four hours every day in front of a camera. Yeah, just put a camera on yourself while you're doing stuff, and then just let Nathan edit it, because that's what he does. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about editing now. <laughs> no, I mean, you could get Rachel to do it, but she's busy watching Star Trek, so I'm not interrupting that process. <laughs> yeah, I hate editing. I'm just going to say that right now. I hate it. It takes a long time if you want to do a good job. I, I hate it. Anyway, uh, so yeah, and so um, Beth also did the Alpha Centauri voice. Yeah, with no filter. I uh, sat in front of this big microphone right here and went, Greetings, members of the Federation! Oh, she did that shit for free. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm surprised because I thought she was going to make me do uh, uh, the Batman voice. Well, luckily you have a warming, welcome, and fair marriage, so. 
Yes, and now you got to do it. Get to it, Kevin. I don't know what it is, but I like it. It's called happiness. <laughs> so, so do you want me to keep doing the Batman voice throughout the rest of the podcast? As long as I can keep my shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it's that kind of podcast. Someone's shirt's coming off. I mean, <laughs> I'm wearing two right now because it's so cold. But so there's room to there's room to wiggle. <laughs> so so clearly it's got to be me because I'm in the south. <laughs> I'm a, it's at a brisk nice seventy five. <laughs> Mike's got nothing but his wrestling belt. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many a night. <laughs> Sometimes it's just nice to feel like a champion. <laughs> this is the part where you edit in I am the Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mark that down at five minutes. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry. It's just you. It's just you, the wrestling belt and the lines. Slap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> It snap. We're gonna snap to a slim jim. Yeah, slap would be something else. <laughs> oh god! All right, so now we're in forty-two cast after dark. Actually, it, I, I am that weird person because I have so because I stream and I have these giant lights on me. It gets super hot in my room, especially during the summer. So I have this giant, this nice AC window, or AC in my window, go on going. But I'm also that guy that has the heater right on my leg so i have cold air coming on the left side of me hot air on the right and somehow i feel good (laughs) (laughs) you're you're a man of duality mike (laughs) flint personality fine just go with it you got you've got the hot and the cold you've got the black and the white you've just got like a whole duality thing going on what is wrong with me Well, Beth, it's good to have you back on the show. Glad to be here. <laughs> All right, so Especially you know, with this Batman thing going on, yeah. so it's gonna be a great time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, speaking of heat, um, <laughs> so uh, you know what time it is? It's time for our five-minute controversy. And uh, this week we're going to dedicate the the controversy to Ryan Guthrie, who wanted to be on the show today, but uh, he is without power right now and freezing to death. So <laughs> hopefully he'll survive, but uh, in case he doesn't, uh, his family will be glad to know that we've dedicated this to him. Um, and dibs on his stuff. Um... So, uh, so, so this is something that he suggested that we talk about, which was that uh, Marvel.com recently had an edit on its Loki entry, uh, Loki MCU version, not the comic version, where uh, they've added in lines to say that Loki was being controlled by his staff in the Avengers movie so that he was not responsible for the things that he did in Avengers. Uh, this seems like a pretty clear attempt uh, by Marvel to make Loki into more of a hero character, uh, even though it still ignores the fact that in Thor, the original Thor movie, he was willing to commit genocide against the Frost Giants. So I'm not sure how much of a better person this makes him. Uh, I guess they feel like if he wasn't planning on killing humans, then, you know, that makes him okay. But uh, So, uh, Beth... 
how do you feel about this uh, change? Enraged, I think is a good word. And I think this all stems from so many years I've seen people, specifically women on Facebook, who are so enamored with Loki. And it's it's not because of Tom Hiddleston, it's, it's just Loki himself. And he's such a despicable character, I don't understand how anyone could be in love with this character. And especially go to the point of retroactively making, oh, oh, it wasn't his fault. Oh, he's actually good, like we all thought, way in our loins all along. No, stop. It's gone on long enough, he's a scumbag, leave him as a scumbag. Mm. It's, it's done. Mike, what are your thoughts on this? This is Marvel being Marvel. I mean, we're gonna, they're going to retcon the comics. It was sooner or later going to happen to the movies. And at the same time, it's garbage. What? No. <laughs> Come on. It's, Lo- Loki is a bad guy. Just because he's getting his own TV shows, I still don't know what it's going to be about. It's like, hey, it's Loki and the Frost Giants. I'm. It's, it's basically... Man versus, uh, what is it? Bear Grylls show, Man versus Wild. It's Loki versus Frost. <laughs> like, hi, I'm Loki. I'm going to survive here in you, your murder, murder. And there's Frost Giants. <laughs> oh, look, there's Frost Giants. I'm going to put my thumb up its. Wait, does it have a butt? <laughs> there's no reason whatsoever to prove this, to, to show that Loki is a good guy. He had a good moment. And Loki has good moments. It doesn't mean that we need to retcon him into a superhero. If we're going to retcon, for God's sakes, slap some boobs on Tom Hiddleston and we have female Loki. And that's what the people want. <laughs> Not necessarily the boobs on Tom. Okay, because it's bad to say. I, I, I don't really want that. <laughs> no, no. Well, hold on. Hold on. We say that. But I mean, that Disney money, though. I mean, that's I mean, it's like we need a female Loki. But Tom's still under contract. Okay. <laughs> All right, like, like, no, let's let's drop that. <laughs> I I do not I do not really appreciate that Loki got retconned into this whateverness. Like, and, and even I and honestly, it doesn't to me. To me, it does not matter unless it was actually in the movie. I do not care. Yeah. It's it needs to be said in the movie. I don't care what their little website says. That I have never gone to, never heard of it. It in my eyes, it's like some little fanboy thing. Like no, no, it's on the Marvel wiki page. Like I don't go onto the internet to look at a wiki page. I don't donate to Wikipedia. Why am I going to go look at Marvel? Yeah, yeah. Well, and this comes on the heels. This one just came out yesterday, but that they're now referring to Darth Vader in the new comics that are coming out as an anti-hero. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Done. He killed kids. That was. I'm sorry. I'm. A, I. I might not like the original trilogy, but holy crap, that dude killed kids. Uh, yeah, they're they're trying really hard to sort of backpedal some of the darker aspects of the franchises that they have. Because this is. You said it was Marvel, but I think this is Disney. I think uh, yeah, I really this think definitely this is Disney, Disney. that you know they they want to make these characters more, you know less villainous and um, 
and yeah, so I think this is sort of first steps in that. And yeah, I'm I'm annoyed by it. I think it like it. I think it weakens Loki as a character. I think it's far more interesting to have that aspect where you're never sure which way he's going to go. You know, and that yeah, like you've said, he has good moments sometimes, but Loki is always after you know out for himself. Yeah, and this just makes it more like, well, you know, we're not—he's not gonna have a really villainous turn. He just, you know, he just likes to like you know annoy Thor and you know do things to Thor, but that's the extent of it. He never does anything really awful. But like I said, it still forgets the fact that he was willing to commit genocide against the Frost Giant. So it really doesn't help his character any. Even though they're trying to, to like sort of take away the bad aspects of it, so it's like you might as well just leave in the part that he was, you know, willing to, you know, help Thanos invade Earth because it's still he's still, you know, a bad guy either way you look at it. Yeah, so. I mean, and even doing that, it's like, yeah, he did a bad thing, and here comes Thor Ragnarok. He realizes it was a bad thing. It's like, hey, man, I made a mistake, and that's all good and dandy, but. Even when I remember when the movie came out, when when Avengers dropped, and people were like, "Yeah, Loki's still alive." Yeah, he didn't. He Thanos didn't kill him. That was a clone. And here comes the directors. No, no, he's dead. That was a real neck snap. And it's like, oh, okay, okay, we're gonna go with that. Let's do. Let's go with that then. That's a conundrum for me. It's I will never see Loki as a good guy or an antihero. He is still a villain. He is, he again, like you said, he's out for himself. Well, and the other problem is that, you know, as, as we've talked about the MCU, you know, a lot of people that I've talked to and a lot of people who have been on the show mentioned that Loki is the only decent villain that the MCU has. I mean, Thanos is there now, too. But for a long time, everyone was saying Loki was the only decent villain in the MCU. And then it's like, okay, so you're taking away one of the few decent villains that you've had. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who wasn't one-dimensional and just, you know, uh, you know, just a nasty McNasty. And it's like, now you're trying to, like, take that away, too. So, it's, I, I think it's a bad move on their part. Agreed. You, that is a complete correct assertion because, I mean, if you look at Asian the Shield, Hydra's gone. Yeah. So, there goes, well, there goes that idea. Marvel, and, and as much as I love the Marvel movies, they really are too quick to kill off a villain. Mm. That means a villain that they could bring back is, of course, Red Skull, but that's, of course, if he's right in his mind. It's like, I'm still in the stars. Okay, Red Skull's out. He's going to need to chill over in Limbo Land for a while longer. Yeah, after me, yeah, after Thanos is beat, who we got? Um, exactly. Maybe Hela? <laughs> maybe if we say she didn't die when Asgard blew up? <laughs> maybe. I mean, we got scrolls, but we don't know how that's going to turn out yet. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think it's going to be as integral as people think it is. I think they're going to be in Captain Marvel, and that's going to be it. I don't think they're going to do a, look, everyone that Thanos killed in the snap was actually a scroll, like everyone seems to think. But Oh, anyway. how, what kind of, ooh, ooh, let that happen. I will be furious. <laughs> oh, my God. If they did that, then Thanos would be the anti-hero. It's like, oh, he actually <laughs> saved us with the snap. Yeah, he killed our loved ones, but our loved ones were actually aliens here to take take control of us. He did a good thing. He did yeah. good. So, so yeah, we'll see. I don't think the scrolls are really going to be as big a part of things as people think, because everyone seems to I hear all the time about, it's going to be secret invasion in Avengers 4, and you're going to find out that all the people who died were really scrolls. No, no. 
No. <laughs> people, people would be so mad by that that you know it just it's just not gonna happen. And then of course the comic book nerdy me going, do we have a Spire Woman yet? Do we do we have a Spire Woman? We don't. Then we have no secret war. There ain't no secret war without Spire Woman. Yeah. Alright, well anyway, now we're getting too far off topic here, but yeah, alright, so we're all in agreement that this is kind of lame, right? Yes. Romanticizing a villain like that is heinous, and should never be done. Okay, so send your hate mail to Beth at 42cast.com. Bring it. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so um, that is it for our five minute controversy this week, Um, and before we go on to talk about Runaways, let's pause for a moment to uh, listen to a promo from another fine podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and right here on the ESO Network. So, like I said at the top of the show, we are going to talk about Marvel's Runaways Season 2. And so, Beth, since you weren't on our Season 1 show... Uh, oh, wait, you were. Yes, I was. Never mind. Ryan was the one who wasn't on our Season 1 show. Oh, man, Ryan he just ruins everything. All right. I was like, wait a minute, we had someone who wasn't on the season one show, and I need to talk to them before we start, but alright, nope, that's not, that's not right. (laughs) Alright. So, um, so we got our season two, they actually ran away. Shock and awe ensues. Because they were kind of kind of slow going there in that first season. Well, I mean, they couldn't run, I mean, they didn't have their shoes tied, it's a safety issue. Yeah. Yeah, they needed their um, they needed their service dinosaur. They did. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's very important. Yeah. I made my view on that very clear. All right. So. But I like how the the mom was like, "I'm surprised they stuck around for that long. It took me so long to get out of here." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. They put that in like the first episode. They're mentioning how can't believe it took them so long to run away, and I'm like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> So that was one of the things we talked about with the first season, about um, how they uh, took a long time to run away. Mike, what did you think about the pacing? It if Once again, it was re- it was really slow going at the beginning, but it, it really picked up in the middle, and it went much smoother this time around than, uh, than the first season for me. And, of course, starting back out, it's like the first like three episodes, it's like, oh my god, what's taking so long to get going? And then when they got going the pacing was actually stayed on point the entire way through i didn't i honestly didn't feel like they were coming into like a filler episode just to waste time and i thought that the prom one thought the prom episode was going to be it but 
actually quite enjoyed it, and I thought it actually made a purpose. Are you talking about the quinceanera? Yeah, every, yeah, every, yeah, quinceanera, sorry, yeah. All right, okay. Because it's like the prom episode was last season. <laughs> so was they all dressed here. up. Oh, my God, we're going to have a theme. We're going to have a theme every season. We're going to have a party. <laughs> they are teenagers. <laughs> Don't rub that in. I'm <laughs> <sighs> so Beth, what did you think about the pacing this time around? See, I didn't really think much about the pacing. I, I did it, it seem boring to you when you watched it? No. Okay. See, there you go. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> the first episode we talked about at the time was a little slow. I don't remember this conversation. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, the first episode, the first season was very slow. And uh, it felt like it just took forever for stuff to happen. And so even though I enjoyed it and I liked the characters, um, you know, it, it didn't it, it didn't feel like it felt like they only they didn't have enough plot and they were just stretching it out. Well, first season, yeah, but I thought you just said just at the first episode. No, the first season. Well, yeah. Yeah, the first, first, season, first season was slow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, this season I felt like they they got the, the pacing right, and it felt like they did stuff. Yeah, stuff happened. There were some interesting twists, and the story just kept moving along, and it felt like stuff was paying off. There were some explanations, you know. So yeah, I I thought that, that worked really well. Let's talk about probably the most important thing in the entire series. <laughs> I'm why waiting, I'm why are you see, looking at me? I'm waiting to see what you think that is. <laughs> so I want to talk about Gert and Chase's relationship right now because that's the number one most important thing to me about this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> So, uh, I think you and I, Mike, talked a little bit at the end of uh, last season about um, how uh, Gert was, was kind of doing him wrong there at the end. Because, you know, after they had their little time together at prom, and then she was just like, well, it's never going to happen again, was like totally blowing him off. Yeah. And we are kind of like, that's that's so wrong. Poor Chase, man. So, this season we got a lot more Gert and Chase stuff going on. And um, so, I felt like they did a really good job with their relationship this time around and it showed both of them kind of being like jerky to each other so that worked a lot better so it didn't feel one-sided but with Gert at least I feel like they did a good job of trying to convey mental illness and the fact that you know uh, she was off her meds and so she was having a really hard time coping with things because of that and you know, I, I so I enjoyed the interplay between the two of them, and they are my OTP for the series, and I will continue to hope that they get together in the end. Beth, <laughs> how did you feel about Gert and Chase? Well, I think we can start to guess why this is going to be uh, a recurring theme on this end of the microphone, because um, <laughs> I was going to comment on, on Gert a lot um, on this episode. Um, I have depression and anxiety, and that's a lot of been what I've been dealing with the past year or two. And uh, I identified a lot with Gert this season, and I feel like that they were really nailing her issues. Just they were getting it right, just all across the board, what she was dealing with. And even when she got her meds again. 
it, it is possible to get that immediate relief, not from the meds themselves, but to realize you got what you needed and now things are going to be okay. So, I mean, superficially, someone who doesn't have anxiety can look at that and say, oh, it's just that magic pill. You know, you take your pills and all of a sudden you're a different person. No, it's not like that. You, you, you subconsciously know that things are going to get better because you got the medication that you desperately needed. And that's what I got out of that particular episode. And I saw a lot of parallels um, with us in particular, like when I'm having a bad day, um, oh, how, yeah. how you you struggle really hard to keep me positive, like with, with Chase was doing. Yeah, I wasn't going to get personal with this, but okay. Yeah, it, it was bound to happen. So <laughs> okay. there it is. All right. So, Mike, what about you? How do you feel about Gert and Chase? Well, I definitely thank you for going for best first because I definitely had a big pharma joke and it was going to be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was a relationship that, looking on the outside, was a struggle. It, it was just, it was, he was definitely trying his best. He was pushing her, pushing him away, which, it, in the circumstances, like Beth was saying, it's, that's what, that, that's what's going to happen. Uh, it's, Chase tried his best, and honestly, the dude and the dude stuck with us. So I give I give a lot of points to him for for being there. Um, but even I did, even I felt the same way with the with that pill. Is like it was like she got her medicine, and she's been on it for so long, and then now off of it for so long. It was a matter of time before we got an episode like this. Like, all right, she's breaking down, folks. She needs help, and of course, the the way she did it was dirty. On Chase, uh, for on Chase's part, and the back and forth between those two, just you know, we don't get real relationships on TV a lot anymore, and that's probably why I give Gert and Chase that being teenagers and bringing such a real life struggle of a relationship of understanding the up, understanding the opposite person, uh, seeing their faults, knowing their uh, and finding their strengths, and man. It it was that that couple was strong. That that couple was a strong was a strong thing to watch. I mean, my the whole thing though that I was complaining about though was like uh, you realize that that's only going to last you for so long. <laughs> so you know what what's what's how are you going to handle that? You know, I hope she got a ninety day supply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of worried about this. I, I see when they ran away, I expected them to go more than like three blocks down the street, <laughs> you know, and and so I expected them to actually like go to other cities and stuff. And the story has kept them, you know, uh, you know, fairly local still to where their parents live. And so yeah, I I don't know. I kind of expected them to get jobs or something and like move out to some other city or maybe head to New Orleans and be on an episode of Cloak and Dagger. I mean, you know. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they actually put in a reference though in 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 Runaways. They Oh, uh, I know. There oh, I the, know. There was the big rocks on advertisement on the side of a billboard, so yeah. it's 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 possible. The cast, the two casts were together actually at one point. They were taking photos together. So, who knows? Yeah, I'm all, I am all in for that. Right. Uh, but for uh, so so yeah, it's 
them moving away is they were like, oh, we're still in, they're still in LA. And you say that, and I definitely remember all the promos for the first season. It's like, you know, why are we in LA? LA is just such a vibrant city. It's, it's, it has such a culture. And that question goes back in my mind. Why, why haven't they left yet? Oh, because it's cultured and <laughs> it's like, it's where the money is. Well, it's because that way they don't have to have any kind of travel budget. Yeah. You know, they, it's, oh, oh, we're filming in Hollywood and look, so we can just film all around town. You know, we don't I'm have pretty, to go to another city to get any kind of location work done. Pretty sure the principal photographer is going, yeah, you know, we could probably go here, get smacked. This is Hulu, not Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, Gert. I think Gert's arc was really good this season. I um, I enjoyed um, the stuff with you know her looking out for Molly uh, a little bit when she could you know sort of handle it. But I I understood what was happening there, and I thought they did a really good job portraying it. I liked the old lace stuff, and I liked how. You know, they, they commented on their, you know, the, the not commented, but they, they utilized that bond that they have. Mm-hmm. My only issue with it remains they still have not explained why she has this bond in the first place. Yeah. I feel like that needs to be explained. And so far, no one, not even, no one has been like, why is that? You know? And I'm like, shouldn't the parents be wondering? And if her parents know, shouldn't the other parents be wondering? So, yeah, kind of. The parents don't even know. Her parents don't like, why? what's happening here? Well, well, that's true, yeah. Yeah, I guess we did learn for sure that they did not know in this season. So, so Beth. Gert. Old Lace. I got what I wanted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because you said last last episode we talked about uh, Runaways. You said, "What do you want from the from the next season?" I said, "More old lace." And what did I get? I got more old lace. <laughs> and I was so happy. Yeah. Um, they've definitely <laughs> invested a bit. Um, I'm pretty sure that there is both a practical old lace and a CGI one. Because always when it's a close-up shot where old lace doesn't have to walk or anything, but we just see her head, it looks a lot more real than when there are motion shots. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think that they that they actually have a practical old lace animatronic, you know, that they're using on the set, which I think is, is really good. And mm-hmm. they, they definitely had a lot more old lace this time. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that. So, let's talk about Alex. Cringe. <laughs> okay, so why do you say cringe, Beth? He did so much stupid stuff. I can't think of a single good decision he made all season. Well, he's definitely driven. By sex. <laughs> Well, uh, it's a good motivator. <laughs> not sure that's it, but <laughs> I, I think I legitimately think he's upset that his parents had the the dude killed. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, his dad's former friend in the gang. Uh, I think that Alex is legitimately uh, Darius. upset about Darius. Thank you. That's right because the kid's name is Xerxes. They're doing jer- uh, Persian kings. <laughs> That they are. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that Alex was kind of relatable. I understood what Alex was. No, no, Alex. (laughs) I'm not saying he. I'm not saying he did all the right thing. I'm just saying that I understood that Alex was trying to. His problem is that he's not keeping everyone in the loop. 
And towards the end, he was becoming worse about it. Alex is his own worst enemy. Alex was is the only one out of all those kids who is still on the original game plan. Kill the parents. Right. Revenge the get revenge on them. Stop them by any means necessary. Everyone else is kind of just okay. We can stop them little by little. We'll watch them. It's like no, no, no. I'm gonna kill him. Like Alex. Whoa, whoa, dude. Whoa, calm down. And this is before what happened to Darius. Alex is just on that momentum where he partners up with Darius, trying to. Get, get knowledge and whatever he can for, to go against his father. And then, yeah, he meets a nice young lady. Get some cornrows. A nice young lady of the hood. <laughs> <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, like, you know, it's like, oh, maybe I don't have to worry about getting revenge on my dad. Hi, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. And, and, and so now it brought that e emotional relationship to Alex to bring in this kind of new love of life, or especially now that he knows that he has no shot with Nico. Yeah. I mean, that he ran into that door head on, and there's no entry. So, here's a new girl. Uh, not saying that uh, the young lady was a rebound or anything. Right. But my issue with him is, is, in fact, that he was his own worst enemy. He didn't communicate with his group that he was supposed to. He is supposed to be the smartest kid in the room. That's his job. He is the brains, and he had no brains whatsoever. So, honestly, the entire damn season, <laughs> until until closer to the end, when, again, it's time to kill the parents. <laughs> and, and I do love those moments where it's where we actually get to see Alex's so uh, somewhat so-called superpower, where he he gets into the chess. He gets the steps ahead. He analyzes. Do do do. All right, this is what we're gonna do, and then just goes off into his own little plan of sneaking around and stuff. But but I mean, that's, but that was my biggest issue. It's like I, I get it, and especially after Darius dies, after Darius is killed, he. Alex is definitely more on the commotion for revenge. He's he's now a man on the mission. Fails at it in well, not really fail, but he does it he does it his own way, which was the entire point. I don't think Alex was really the team player that he was supposed to be in those runaways. He was not the leader. He was he was honestly more of the rogue. Where he was just a very smart rogue and just did his own thing, and he'll come and help out the group when it fit his needs. Yeah, th- I, th- I think part of the issue with Alex is that they don't know what to do with him, and I don't know. I see. I never read the Runaways comics um, because that's a comic that came out before I st- stopped reading, or after I stopped reading comics on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I can reveal this now because it's clear they're going in a completely different direction. Um, um, in the comics, Alex betrays the the group yes. and sells them out to the parents. They're obviously not going that route, and so I think that the writers are like, "Well, crap, we kind of know what to do with the other characters because they're in the comics longer." And it's like, "But Alex isn't in the comics for very long, so what do we do with him?" Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why there's a lot of these subplots coming up for Alex that don't seem to go anywhere, you know, because they they don't have a through line for him like they do with the other characters. It's kind of like we we like this actor, so we're keeping him around, we're keeping him under contract, but we don't. We're not quite sure what our version of Alex is going to do. Yeah. 
I know I just uh, I talked about Gert and Chase as a couple, but I think we should talk about uh, Chase a little bit too. So his decision to go back to his dad, while obviously we as the viewers know, was doubly bad because it wasn't really his dad. <laughs> so the question I have though is, if his dad was really dying and asked him to come back, was his decision the right one? Uh, I'm... <sighs> That is that is such a loaded gun, and uh, I honestly think I, I think I would. Yeah, see, see, because here's my issue: everyone treats him like he betrayed the team for leaving. But under those circumstances, I think they were kind of being jerky to him. That's not something that I think that you can tell somebody is you can't go to your di- dying father. You know. <laughs> But he didn't exactly say that that's why he was leaving. Exactly, exactly. He didn't say why. He didn't say it. Oh, did he not? He did not. It's been a while since I've watched it. I thought that he said that why he was going. No, he said it as an afterthought. Like, after everybody hated him. Well, I know he was going to sneak off at first. I know that that was what he was going to do, and that, they, you know, Gert was mad at him for that. She made him go downstairs and say goodbye. Right. Right. But, uh... Yeah, yeah. I just I feel like he wasn't. It wasn't as bad as it was made out to be. Um, but then again, I don't think that he had to like say like a final farewell or anything either. And I thought that everyone was making it like a bigger thing than it had to be. Um, but interesting. I mean, it's a really rough group to really stand there and say, "My dad's dying. I need to go be with him." And because you have a kid who wants to kill his dad, you have one that we did kill their dad. The other one is I like my dad. He's a good. He's like that fun dad. But mom, we need to kill the mom. And then, <laughs> and then we have one who has no parents. And then we have a dinosaur. It's a real tough room to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, I mean, and I get that the whole interesting part of the Gert and Chase relationship is that they keep on, like, hurting each other, but at the same time, it's like, you know, Gert was going to move off to Massachusetts, too, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, and I know she, yeah, she didn't she didn't talk to him about that either. I kind of I kind of feel for him on that whole situation that he was in. Of course, in the end, it was wrong because it wasn't really his dad <laughs> but he didn't know that Oof, that, that hotel room with the arguing man <laughs> yeah <laughs> been there oh, i love how they saved the scene there when the person came up yeah they're like acting like they're bickering they're a bickering married couple yeah, it's like oh it's like oh they're playing oh chase ain't playing yeah Oh, that was great. Molly, I feel like, really came into her own this season. She, I felt like in the first season, she was just kind of there. And other than, like, you know, giving away things she shouldn't give away and stuff like that, she was more of a liability in the first season when she had any role at all. And this season, I felt like, especially, like, in that hotel scene, when she, like, lets the others get away by, like, letting herself be captured. That was cool. And then her, like, just breaking out when she's ready and everything and taking on the guy. It's just, I, I just thought that, you know, Molly's whole arc was, was good this time. I, you know, I kind of felt for her when she thought she had found family with Topher, and we'll get to him in a minute. But, uh, you know, and I, and I like the idea of, like, you know, she was trying to keep it 
you know, low-key about, you know, she was turning 16 and everything, and how she wanted the, you know, the quinceanera. I'm probably mispronouncing it, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, you know... You have to forgive us, we're white. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, it's sad. All right, um, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, so anyway, yeah, I, I like Molly this season. So, um, Beth, thoughts on Molly? I liked it a lot. Um, she she definitely matured this season. Like, she was, like, pr- the previous season, she was very much uh, babied by Gert. Mm. And in this, this time, the relationship was flipped on its head, where Gert's the one that needed the help, and Molly stepped up. And she even showed Chase this is what she needs, and she mm. helped him. Um, figure out the best way to handle the situation. So she she was more of um, an equal sister instead of a child. Yeah. Instead of like a mother-child relationship, it was more like they were actually sisters. Yeah, I really liked the, the scenes between her and Chase. I, I thought that was cute. And I love that she was like so excited that he was coming to her for advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'd be good at giving relationship advice. <laughs> Oh, and flipping the pimp's car. That was great. Yeah. She turned into a vigilante. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Um, what about you, Mike? What do you think about Molly? She is, she was a, she was good. She was a hit this season. They they gave her much more room to grow and she and she's a kid with superpowers. So, going out there putting her little her hat down with her little eyes, going out there to beat up pimps like, "Hey, you're going to treat her with respect. <laughs> <laughs> or what are you going to do, little girl? Flip a car. What do you think I'm going to do? <laughs> <laughs> but and then and in the instance, it also shows that she's she's really she's really she wants to be a Batman, but she's really a Robin. <laughs> and, <laughs> because Aww. she got followed. It's like, what? I was out. Nobody followed me. Hey, guys, who the hell is this dude? Man, nice crib. Oh, I did a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) But then, finding family things, she fought for that so hard. It's like we could help them. Drug use, kids. Drug use is bad, okay? And... (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, I mean the the growing with Chase to get closer because I mean Chase is dating uh, her sister. Well, dating I think whatever <laughs> they're, they're they're a thing. So you know you gotta hang out with the little one. And oh my god, the hotel the hotel room was that. She again, she's a kid, and it's like we jump on the bed. It's like what? I'm a kid. I do what I want. Right. <laughs> So, do you think that there are really just a bunch of buried mansions in California that you can just, like, stumble upon randomly? Um, if they were, why do we have a homeless problem? <laughs> well, there are mudslides in California. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So, so, I mean, that one hotel, that one hotel, like it was, uh, and also, by the way, shout out to the producers and all that stuff. Awesome job on that set. Look just like the comic. Absolutely loved it. Uh, that... The power grid was actually what got me because that and thank you for bringing that realism to it because when you're gonna trip a power grid, you're definitely gonna like oh something's going on over here. We should get someone to check this out. And yeah, you're using power. That's not free. That is not free power. Right. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of problems with it. So first of all, not only did he connect the uh, power, but we learn later when the phone call comes in that he must have also connected the phone line. And it's like, again, how are the people at the phone company and the power company not 
noticing the additional draw and that there's a new thing. You know, how is it that all of that stayed intact for the house if there was some giant mudslide? And then the other thing is, you know, how are they getting water? I think they might have mentioned at one point that they they didn't have water, running water, but I think that was before they connected the electricity and everything, because it almost seems like after that, there's like no concerns about water or going to the bathroom or anything like that. Yeah. So it's like, so you connected the water too? Well, they never showed them running a tap. And I guess maybe they just go outside and dig a hole. <laughs> and, they, and, and they all look perfect with their makeup and everything. And, and they, don't, they don't need to shower or anything. I, I, I'm having some issues. Nico's makeup. Man. <laughs> I woke up like this thanks to the Dark Lord. <laughs> That's part of her problem. <laughs> we'll get to Kaecilius later. Um. <laughs> I mean, we. Could de- I mean, I would definitely be that guy. Just like, welcome back to debunk comic books. We're here at a real power station. Could someone steal electricity without you knowing? But I also don't want to be that jaded person who creates such a TV show. Well, I, I have I have issues when it's so obviously wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, anyway, I I, I uh, oh, and so the owners of that mansion once the mudslide happened, they didn't come for their car. At least, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're gonna open one of those hidden doors and find a skeleton. It's <laughs> a previous owner. Maybe they couldn't go looking. He's gonna be wearing a bat costume for some wrong yeah, reason. But yeah, they have they have they have wheels also. <laughs> and only Gert can drive. Yeah, and only Gert can drive. <laughs> <laughs> With high anxiety. So yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was nice that they found like a secret headquarters kind of quote unquote thing. But like I said, I was hoping they were going to travel a little bit more this season. But oh well. All right, so we've got Carolina, Miss Lightbright. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know she had the whole thing where she was going. So we found out who was sending the text to Jonah last season, which was one of the questions we had at the end of that season, and that was Carolina. So she was the quote unquote traitor in the group. But uh, you know, they made it they made it a lot more understandable. You know, she was just trying to figure out, you know, who she is and what her background is and all that kind of stuff. And Jonah was of course scumbag Jonah and all that, so um you know, but but yeah, I mean Carolina's whole arc this time was a search for self. And um you know, and that involved also, you know, reconnecting with her mom and rescuing her. And then, ironically, becoming the figure, the religious figure that she didn't really want to be. <laughs> but now, having, you know, flown and being all glowy in front of a bunch of true believers, she is now, like, you know, their, uh, their object of worship. So, it'll be interesting to see how they pay that one off. Uh, next season. Um, but, uh, yeah, so what were your thoughts on Carolina this season, Mike? I feel so sorry for that young lady. There's so much parent problems. <laughs> like, I, 
I want to go hug my mom. <laughs> right, and she's got more parents than the rest of them. She's got three. Right. Because she's got her biological dad, she's got her, you know, adopted dad, and then she's got her mom, and it's all messed up. And she has a grandma. She has a grandma. Oh right, yeah. Like what kind of what kind of acid drop did that happen? <laughs> like, wow. So yeah. So and a new bio. Yeah. Well, yes, but yeah, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> we're gonna get to that. <laughs> so, so Carolina, it's man, it's just, she wants to more learn more about herself, where they come from, and that was just a whole. That opened up basically Pandora's box between that whole arc of learning who Carolina is. That literally could have been the entire show itself. It could have been a soap opera, and it would have been bigger than General Hospital. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> like guiding light. <laughs> and it, and it sure that enough, does sound like a soap opera. That name. is that is yeah. the name of a soap opera. <laughs> Shows how much I know about soaps. <laughs> That's a good thing. And to even mix it up with, we kill her dad. Dad apparently is still alive somehow. Wow. Wants to take her away. Mom is just distraught. She's just, oh, I don't know what to do next. I'm going to hang out with you kids. Can I move in? Can I move in? This feng shui is awful. Yeah, so (laughs) I had a real problem with them just being like, oh, your mom's here now. Okay. You know, it's like, rescue the mom, sure, but bring her back to where everyone else is and not, like, consult all of them on whether or not they want to trust her or anything. Just being like, hey, here's our secret place where we've been holding up. You know, I'm not sure that was a great decision. Just make sure to shove her in the closet when Alex comes home. Right? (laughs) It's like, God forbid, he's like, is that my dad? (laughs) (laughs) So, and and then, so Carolina's having to take care of her mom. Her mom is distraught. Her mom is preggers! Like, how did she become pregnant? I don't remember. I don't even remember whose kid it was. Well, they, we, we well, figured it out. Well, well, maybe. So, ninety oh, percent sure. So they want us to believe it's Jonah's, but I think that it's quite possible because because says that she can sense like the light inside the the baby yeah and so they think it's jonah's kid but i'm wondering if it might be frank's kid and that's where the other member of the ship went was inside her womb oh my god there was a missing person right they said that there was a missing member of the ship yes because because jonah was like this is your brother blah 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 right it's it's that brother in her mommy's tummy right there keeping it in the family right so, yeah, possessing the fetus, basically. That is going to be taking so long. Yeah. We're, we're going to need a time jump. <laughs> right, and it's possible that they might do a time jump, so we'll see. Well, so while we, we don't even know there's going to be a season three at this point, but there better be, because that's... If they cancel it... <laughs> oh, yeah, all that cliffhanger, they can die. Oh, right, that's, that's going to be a problem. But yeah, but as I was leaning towards it, yeah, so, I mean, then Carolina has her... By well, her stepdad, I guess, uh, Frank. Frank goes completely nuts, goes hardcore into cult territory, <laughs> and and now she's having to fight him. And then here's the betrothed. It's like, oh my god, stop calling me betrothed. That's so like 1970s. We're not. We're not like that. <laughs> 1970s. <laughs> I think it's a little older we're than like that. Like 1790s. Like. <laughs> I don't do math. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, it, so I, I look at Carolina. I'm like, it, it really is like you are a soap opera. You deserve your own show with all going on. And yeah, she becomes the religious figure, and that grandma now takes over. And it broke my heart to see Carolina's mom just go, "But I need you." But they need me more. Come, my children. Let's flog the non-believer. <laughs> non-believer. <laughs> False prophets. Frank. Okay, you cannot be a prophet named Frank. Okay, <laughs> this is not going to work. It's not. <laughs> but, but Carolina was... Now, how she grew into her powers uh, was cool. It, it took day. It took little by little, but at the same time, even when you talk about Carolina's powers, you have to kind of nudge Nico a little bit because Nico trying to be the trying to be that leader, trying to like, all right, it's training time, and here comes Carolina doing her own thing. It's like, where'd you learn that? Oh, I do training too. We train as a group. It's a group activity. So, um, Beth, what do you think about Carolina this season? I feel like we're saying her name wrong. Is it Catalina? Carolina? It's Carolina. It's just too much going on with her. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hashtag basic white girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she is the, like, stereotypical, you know, like rich white girl, right? And Chase is the stereotypical... But see, the thing that I like about Chase is that even though he um, looks like the stereotypical white, you know, rich white kid, he at least has a little more going on. Like, the fact that he picked Gert, you know, as the one that he's interested in, and... Eventually. You know, and, you know, like, the whole, like, you know, that he's kind of smart and techy and stuff like that, and, you know, can make... Fistigons. I didn't want to use that word, because that part's dumb. <laughs> but he can make cool gauntlets <laughs> that are you For know homeless people that, to steal that blasted stuff and whatnot. You know, I, I I like that. I like that Chase has got a little more going on there. Now the word fistigon, that's ridiculous and stupid. Okay, I get it was from the comics, but really, people, they really? need to contact Cisco and have him name it fistigon. Really, <sighs> but anyway. <laughs> The problem is, I don't feel anything for Carolina like I do for the rest of the characters. Yeah. Carolina is interesting. She's got a cool power visually, and I like the effect. But, yeah, I don't... I feel like she is just the, you know, privileged, snooty white girl. <laughs> you know? It's like... I'm just kind of uh, Not very interesting to watch. Yeah. Alright, so let's get on to uh, uh, Kaecilius. I mean, Nico. <laughs> <laughs> who started channeling the Dark Dimension and looking exactly like Kaecilius from Doctor Strange. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that that was that was one of the huge twists of this season. So, apparently they were listening to the podcast last time because we commented on how stupid it was to make the wand a technological device instead of a magical one. And they so backpedaled hard this season on that. <laughs> Because it, <laughs> you know, it was like, you know, even with like, you know, the whole thing of if it was technological, why would you build in the limitation of you can only ask for something once? You know, that doesn't even make sense. It's like, you know, if you have a device that can make wishes come true, let the wishes come true. You know, so now the fact that it's magical, at least it's starting to get a little more okay. I'm starting to to get that. So, and the fact that the mom said, 
I've seen this happen once before after they saw Nico's eyes go all purple means that they're now embracing the fact that the mom was in the Doctor Strange movie. It wasn't the same actress, but um, um, but Tina Minoru was in Doctor Strange. The character. Oh. She was she was in the background of the scene. She was credited. So I think that they're saying that yes, she has been to Karmataj and was with the Ancient One and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's going to be interesting to see how they work that all in with uh, season three. But I'm glad that they're you know embracing it you know, at the series and keeping it coherent because that was the thing about season one of Runaways. It seemed like it was almost completely divorced from the rest of the MCU. And this season with the Roxxon thing, connecting it to Cloak and Dagger, and with what they're doing with Nico and connecting it to Doctor Strange, it looks like they are saying, yes, this is this is part of the MCU. It's all connected. Hmm. I'm happy with that. <laughs> but... Um, I honestly think that in the first season they didn't realize Tina had appeared in Doctor Strange, and I think that when the fans started saying what after the the season came out, is they were like, "Oh crap, we didn't realize," and so now they're trying <laughs> to backpedal and fix it. You know, uh, really hard. You know, I keep hearing Yoda in my voice about once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. So. We'll see what happens. I don't think you end up, like, channeling the dark dimension without bad stuff happening. So we'll see how this all pans out for her. But um, <laughs> it was fun watching her use that power, though, sometimes. It was it was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. And she kicked some major butt when she was fighting her parents. <laughs> oh, my God. That fight scene was really cool and very Asian. That was really well done. All she needs now is a whole lot of moisturizer and take care of that purple desert <laughs> yeah. she gets on her face. Yeah, the skin's cracking, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, need to moisturize that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, Beth, what do you think about Nico? Just needs to moisturize. I'll solve all Oh, God, that's all you're going to say? <laughs> okay. But yeah, I, I'm, I've been very happy with what they've done with her. Um, and having it start with, with how the, the, the base the what their base was like attacked with all those people and her and her having to hold the shield or whatever she was doing mm. um for so long and having to dip into that power source for as long as she did and having such a strong connection for that long of a time but having that sort of strain i think that's what really pushed her into that and it made perfect logical sense for why it started now yeah so I, I'm really happy with it. Yeah, well, she's using it a lot more yeah. now in general anyway. So, yeah, yeah. And, Mike, what about you? What do you think about Nico? That's my girl. <laughs> she's the best dressed out of all of them. She rocks. <laughs> I would definitely go to a rave and feel very safe with her around. <laughs> uh, for Nico, it's learning how to use a staff. Her parents... Is it bad that I was like, why do they know karate all of a sudden? They're no. Japanese. They're Japanese. They they all know. <laughs> <laughs> Is that wrong to say out loud, though? I feel bad <laughs> saying it. You know we're joking, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's 2019. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's my first thought. I'm like, 
how do they know how do they know karate? It's not like that there aren't like studios all over the place, and especially in LA, I'm <laughs> sure that there are all kinds of any martial art that you want to learn, I'm sure is is readily available. I so. know of six locations here in Milwaukee. Yeah. So But but her dad was so good at it. Yeah. But I think that was probably my takeaway was that fight scene between her and her parents using the staff, game combination. That was some, that was some great choreography. That deserves an MTV fight scene award. And the showdown between Nico and her mom the, the first time when she when she got the staff back from her. God. That was really intense because uh Carolina's life was on the line. Mm. And yep. so that was that was crazy. Mm. That whole family is stressful because it's because we've uh, uh, of course seen it from my from my uh, friends who are Japanese how strict the parents are and like I- I'm pretty sure a Japanese mother would be much more strict than what Nico's mom was going through just and just tiger mom the entire situation. <laughs> Get in here and study. <laughs> a shoe just flying all over the place <laughs> and so, but. You're right. The first show between her and her mom was super intense. Kylie was on the line, and it's oh my god! And going back and forth with that staff, and then the mom just like here, you'll know what to do, and he just gives her the staff, and then they just go. It's like and and of course the other parents just are just really reaming on the on that mom, just going. You just gave her a weapon. It's like your son has fistigons. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But Nico and, K- and Carolina's relationship was that was a struggle. That was a struggle to watch them break up like that. And it was a and again, it was another trust issue because Carolina, as much as she wanted to learn about herself, she should have opened up with the group that yes, I'm speaking to the guy that we definitely want to kill slash defeat. My bad. He's my dad. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. And. And Nico trying, and after Nico definitely goes wonky eyes, it's, first off, even seeing it for the first time, I'm like, oh, they did it? Oh, yes, they, okay, she did it. Oh, woo, woo. okay, Nico, bring bring the goth down a little bit. You just, woo. well, you're, I need you back at Chris Angel level, okay? Bring it back. We, we're not at Crow. I need you back at Chris Angel. <laughs> and in trying to hide the staff, was was super adorable, but especially when she wanted it back, she had to. Ch- and even watching her do it, she she had to channel the wonky eyes again just to get the staff. So immediately, it's like, are we sure it's the staff doing it, or do we got a little Dormammu stuff in her too? <laughs> do you have a little Dormammu in you? Do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> but. But Nico has always been my favorite in season one and still in season two. I absolutely, I, I love Nico. I really do. Nope, she's pretty cool. And, um, you know, I like that she's trying to be the leader. And she's, like, making the... So you guys were talking about how Alex makes the wrong decisions and she's making the right decisions. But unfortunately, people aren't listening to her, even when she makes the right decisions. They are not. <laughs> it's like, nah, we're not going to train. We're teenagers. We're slackers. It's like it's 2019. Let me just catch some Z's, God. Uh, We found this perfect mansion that's just lightly soiled. (laughs) Only lightly. Lightly soiled. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Alright, so um, 
14 metric tons of soil over our heads. See? Lightly. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, we got Topher this season, of course, um, who just felt like the most shysterish shyster, like the moment he shows up, which just like, it's like, ooh, I just feel dirty whenever he's on the screen. It's just like this oil. <laughs> I don't know, I think he kind of <laughs> fell flat. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I mean... I was holding that in for so long! <laughs> I felt that Topher was... I don't know, I felt like it was really obvious that he had a hidden agenda. I wasn't sure what that was. But I I was like, this, this dude is nowhere near as altruistic. As he's making himself out to be. What do you think about Topher, Mike? Do a sketchy <laughs> from Sketchyville. Yeah. And because it's been a while since I've watched, I've read anything Runaway, so I'm like, ooh, is this a new hero? Has he been in the comic books? I don't know what's going on right now. But even I have my reservations, too, because I agree with everybody else. Uh, you followed a little girl here who just flipped a car on a pimp. Everything here is a red flag. Mm-hmm. Everything, kid. And I get. And I gotta give it to Nico for doing the cone of silence. Wouldn't that be amazing to use for kids? Yes. Parents everywhere would line up <laughs> around the block to I, I get could, their hands on the cone of silence. I couldn't stop thinking about get smart though, so I don't think that it was. <laughs> I don't think that it was the intended result because I was just snickering because it was the cone of silence. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, shouldn't it be? that he can hear everything perfectly but they can't hear each other or something like that because the code of silence always malfunctions and it does the wrong thing that it's not supposed to do so it's the joke but missed it by that much yeah <laughs> and loving it and and yeah and then Topher brings out his rock powder yeah <laughs> on the open wound like definitely junky yeah, well, I thought that was interesting, though, because it was the same rocks that Molly absorbed, but instead of, like, with Molly, where she permanently has the powers, he has to keep taking them, mm-hmm. you know, to get the, to get, so, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, of course, a drug, you know, thing for him, but uh, I just thought that was interesting, though, that they, that they had, like, powers from, from, you know, well, I guess it's not that unusual, because a lot of shows are doing drug powers now, but it's not a traditional drug. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting that they, you know, uh, you know, that they went that route with it, and the fact that he thought that they must have, because they had powers, that they must have something similar, and not realizing that their powers were part of their biology, and weren't, you know, something that he could get from them, and be like, hey, can I, you know, hit up, you know? Yeah, and poor Molly. Can I have some of what you're having? <laughs> and that, and that really was a punch to the gut for Molly too. That. That that hurt all of us, I think. Just seeing that girl get crushed like that. Yeah, I think he was the one that got crushed. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Booyah! I, uh, look at there. Uh, up with the swoosh. Here comes the duck from Beth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was hard watching the whole thing with his family and realizing how how messed up everything was and how nothing he told them was true and how he was the one that caused all the trouble and he's the one who left and everything and it wasn't the the situation he told them that he had and for them to be in the middle of that it was really awkward (laughs) (laughs) we're just gonna go now See you never. Have any strong thoughts about Topher Buff? None whatsoever. (laughs) I I tried to block that whole thing. 
as soon as it was over. Yeah. I didn't even remember Topher until you brought him up. No, okay. It's going to be real. Yeah, and then we had Zavin, but I don't think Zavin's been around long enough to really make too much of an impression. There was all the betrothed stuff, and it's it's helping to build up the mythos of, of Jonah and his people. The interesting thing to me is if they're going to go the scroll route with Zavin, because that's from what I read up, that in, in the comics, um, she's a scroll. And so that will be interesting if now with the Fox merger and with Captain Marvel coming out and everything else, if they just next season are like, oh yeah, she's a scroll, or if they just make her something else. Scrollish. <laughs> scroll light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, Zavin was definitely a scroll, and that was one of the cool things about the Runaways was that even Zavin was in fact running away. And he was in the same boat. And even the introduction of Zavin, uh, not as that creepy, weird girl just walking around and really zoned out, but it was the the introduction of the story that she wove. Yeah. That I absolutely loved the direction on how they did that. Mm. Yeah, no, that was that was kind of interesting. The visuals for that and how they how they showed it and everything. But uh, but yeah, I don't think that Zavin's done enough to really you know make much of a you know impression there. Um, so we'll see next season though, because I'm sure she's going to have a bigger part in the series. They'll get married. <laughs> So, yeah, let's talk about the parents. It's weird watching this as a parent. Because <laughs> sometimes I'm sympathizing with the parents a little bit. But, you know, then you remember that they're murderers and stuff. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The kids have to... The kids... The kids have a point. <laughs> yeah, the kids have a point. So I call shenanigans on some things where I feel like, you know, last season, they made it very clear that, like, Victor was going to be, you know, unless they could design another, like, healing chamber thing, that Victor was done. And that they would have to make, like, another sacrifice to heal Victor. But this season, it's just like, oh yeah, Victor's good now. Jonah had his own little tube thing that he put him in, and no issues. And I just felt like that was kind of like, what? (laughs) 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 You know, that's not... That's not at all what, yeah, you said before. You know, it's kind of nice seeing the parents, like, try to, like, conspire against Jonah. And, you know, kind of being like, you know, we gotta get rid of him because he's the dangerous one. He's the real threat to the kids. And then watching all the plans sort of, you know, fall apart. Because Jonah knows what's going on, and Jonah tells them what they want to hear. It's, oh, no, the ship's going to be fine. It's going to take off. There's no problems. You know, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, then it's like, oh, yeah, I might have lied about the whole, like, causes earthquakes, and, you know, California falls into the ocean thing. So... <laughs> Just a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Good luck swimming. Alex's parents and seeing the dad you know, look at his wife and, you know, feel like, you know, and be kind of scared of her himself, you know, when he realizes what she's capable of and how he was mad that she had killed Darius. Because he was like, hey, what I what I offered him, that was, that was real. You know? I was <laughs> trying to, you know, make it right with him. And then you just, like, straight up killed him. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was, you know, I th- that was an interesting, you know, thing with them. And, I don't know, the menorahs, I don't really find the menorahs all that interesting, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> um, Tina's scary. 
Everyone's scared of Tina. Yeah. And the dad, you know, I mean, the best they could come up with for the dad last season was to have him having an affair with Chase's mom. And, uh, you know. But dad, but dad came back, though. Dad fought back. Right. No, I know. Dad's just like, man, f*** it. He's like, what are you going to do? I got this. I got this. And it almost worked. No, that's true. You're right. That was the best thing about it, except for those two scary, crazy ladies. <laughs> Knocked him on the back of the head. Otherwise, Jonah would have been taken care of. Yeah, watch out for this OG Colt. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Gert's parents. I love them. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I find them very weird. They're the best. Just, they don't. They don't. They they're here for science. They don't want to kill nobody. They didn't mean to kill nobody. They killed people. But it's just like I love that dad so much. Like that dude. That dad. He's a. No, that's a fun dad. Yeah. He wants to. He just wants to go on the road trip with his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna get to that in a second. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. But I don't know. I just. I just. They're too. They're too much of that kind of like West Coast like. We're vegan, and you know we're this and that, and all these different things. They're just a little too like you're just a little too extreme, people. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, they're weird as hell. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, let's talk about um, Jonah and his crew. Uh, one of the twists I thought was having Jonah impaled. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, this is the midpoint of the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I knew something was up the moment that like that light leaves him, and then he's sort of like, What where am I? And I'm like, oh crap, Jonah isn't the dude. Jonah was something like inhabiting the dude. And then we get his whole backstory and everything, and we find out that that's, you know... Yep, I'm doing it. Right. Jonah was the dude inside the dude playing <laughs> God. <laughs> 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 Now I want Robert Downey Jr. playing Jonah. Yes. <laughs> With blackface. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just a dude dressed up like another dude pretending to be another dude. <laughs> nobody more confused than I am. <laughs> I like that, and I like I like the whole thing of oh crap! Now there's a bunch of them out there, and they've all infested somebody, and yeah. It's it's a little scary. Tina got really weird. Yeah. Really, yeah. really weird. Oh, before we go into that, though, I forgot to ask. So, Beth, did you want to say anything about the parents? Just their news, the new sides of themselves. Okay, we're going to get to that. Mike, <laughs> do you want to say anything about the parents? To them and to parents everywhere, <laughs> you try, and that's all you can do. <laughs> <laughs> There might be a few dead bodies on the way. It's not, you know. Gotta got break a few eggs to make a good pancake. As long as you do it with love. Right. And you're doing it right. As long as you kill people with love, it's okay. And for fame, power, fortune, and for a white guy. Right. I'm sorry, a white white guy. That's awful. I actually said that to someone recently, and I meant it. <laughs> Good luck, parents. See, Frank was the one... I, I, I should mention Frank really quick. We kind of mentioned him with Carolina, but Frank was the one that I thought last season was the actual decent person, right? Whoops! Yeah, he wasn't yeah. part of Pride. You know, he... He, you know, he was the one trying to figure out what was going on. People underestimated him, and, you know, whatever. But then this season, it's just like, oh, 
oh, Frank's power hungry and, you know, just as bad as any of them. Because he's an actor. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a f- twist. Yeah. Or even a turn or what. Because, yeah, you're right. First season, he was about his family. He wanted to keep the family together. Right. And then this one turned into keeping the family together to, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're gonna keep, what do you mean dissolving the church? This well, is. He still wanted to keep the family together. He was just going to brainwash his wife into, <laughs> into being okay with it. <laughs> Nothing says love like a good brainwash. That's right. Lather, rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. And she's so upset, too. It's like, I built this. This isn't going to work. It's like, well, <laughs> it's going to be a rough ride, lady. Yeah, but like you, I'm like, the whole thing with her mom being there at that facility came out of left field. It's like, what's what's going to go on with that? Because it just seemed to be like, oh, randomly, here's your mom. But then it's like, oh, but your mom's staying behind. So, uh, Oh, my God. That reveal, though. That reveal just in that white room. It's like, don't say my name. You don't have a name. Don't, like, uh, I'm just making this up. Carol, why'd you have to say that name, guards? Why did you say that name? No, it was Martha. Martha. That was so. That was so Martha. <laughs> they really should have named her Martha. So she should have been Martha. Martha, why did you say that name? <laughs> Marvel just like giving a big middle finger to DC with that. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, we got Jonah, and now um, he and his crew are inhabiting bodies, and so we've got Tina, and um, whatever Gert's mom's name is, <laughs> and uh, and Victor are all possessed. Um, now, I mean, I saw it coming a mile away because they were all acting weird, and once I figured out that Jonah, you know, was could possess somebody, I was like. Oh crap! Like when they blew up the ship, they're all out there. Oh, yeah. so once it's all Tina, the light things. right? Oh, wait, so there's like, more. Once Tina started acting weird, Gert's mom started acting weird. I was like, "Yep, that's her name's Stacy." Stacy, thank you, thank you. Stacy and Dale. Yeah. Oh yeah, they murdered. They murdered. What's her face? Molly's aunt. Oh, oh God. yes. Yeah, they're not nice people. <laughs> well. People make mistakes. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy, they were defending themselves. This was a this was a woman with a gun. Well, okay, she had a gun, but <laughs> what did they have? They had a little a little syringe to go night night. No, I'm sorry. Backtrack that. It wasn't Dale and Stacy who killed them. Guess you came busting in like a bat from hell with her with her wand. Choke and and that was Tina. That's true. Blood on hands washed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure, like, getting her with a shot is any better than getting her with a wand, but okay. (laughs) Um, Well, well, to her, to. Well, it was the forgetful shot. It was oh, you- that's right. It was the forgetful shot. Yeah. So uh, I remember the needle, but I didn't remember what was in it. You're right. It wasn't a killing shot. I thought they were going to like, oh, natural causes. <laughs> yeah. It's iocane powder. <laughs> it's always a little prick. <laughs> oh, jeez. There's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> Sorcerer Hunters? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? That doesn't necessarily have to be Sorcerer Hunters. That's that sure. quote. 
the giant needle that's as big as like the woman's body and she's like it's just a little prick <laughs> I call it the man <laughs> just a little prick <laughs> okay necessary. Okay, whatever. alright so, all right. but yeah Tina, I like Katina as kind of the hedonist it's like, mmm, chocolate. Mm, yum, 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 you know? I have a body again. <laughs> you know what? She's going to be using it. Whereas Stacy is now, like, you know, like nasty. You know, she's just mean. Yeah, she hurt old lace it. to get it girt. I know. She is a mom. That was like, that to me, Stacy's light form or whatever when it took over was basically just look I'm tired of all this crap we, the kids are just we're playing around and these are our kids let's go ahead and just poison the dinosaur let's just get them in here and look look our little baby girl's home you're welcome <laughs> it's like you guys want your kids too I don't know about it. you want your kids back I'm about to handle this <laughs> <laughs> that's how I took it yeah uh, but, uh, yeah, and so what we're left with at the end is the three of them, Victor, Stacy, and Tina, standing over Carolina, Chase, and Chase's mom. And it's just kind of like, we're going to have more sacrifices. <laughs> you want to eat first. I know. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Gert's been kidnapped <laughs> at Old Lace. They're they're hightailing it to South America on the dad's little road trip. <laughs> He's like, uh, your mom scares me. We're leaving. We're leaving. And uh, she wear her glasses more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a really messed up situation right now. Alex got his parents arrested. Smooth. That was yeah. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of crap up in the air right now. They're all kind of scattered. I'm really excited to know what's going to happen next season. Beth, thoughts about the ending? I think it's a really good cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I still think the actresses for Carolina and Nico really need to sit down and have like, I don't know, they need to have like a spa weekend and just like bond because their chemistry is just not there. Oh, I agree. I don't think the actresses actually like get along. I don't think they like each other at all. I know, I know. (laughs) Because yeah, 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 no, I know, yeah, I know. Well, maybe that's not the direction they're going. Maybe it's going to be Zavin and Carolina. (laughs) who knows but yeah no i i didn't feel i didn't feel like they ever had any chemistry since Uh, day one yeah they they really do need to have like a whole like month to themselves just to like become friends or something yeah but mike yeah about so what do you feel about how we left things with the show and, and like just the ending so you know me and my binges. It's it just plays, and I watch it, and it's like, so what are we going to do for a body? Here's the picture, black credits. I'm like, all right, next episode. Let's see. Wait, what episode? Episode? Hulu? <laughs> Hulu? What'd you do to me? <laughs> and I'm yelling, and I'm yelling at my computer screen, definitely giving it many explicitives, and asking Hulu, why did it do me like this? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, you you want to know the really messed up part, Mike? We got three more episodes than we did last year, 
and it feels like we didn't get enough. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> the first season dragged, and the second season did a really good job, because not only excited, there were like three twists. There was the Jonah reveal... There was, the parents are all, like, infested slash, you know, possessed, and Nico is now, like, part of the Dark Dimension. Yes, she is. <laughs> it's like, it's like three, three, like, really big, like, twists going on here in this series. So, yeah, I, I felt like they really made this an exciting ride. Yeah, same here. It's that cliffhanger. Like, uh, seriously, they can. I'm. I'm completely shocked that we actually had a series, uh, a season, end like no. that. Well, and what I've been saying is that they cancel that show. That's worse than them canceling Iron Fist because you know all the other shows so far they've canceled has been like okay, Daredevil. They left things in kind of a good place. They did. So the fact. So even though I love Daredevil, I would have liked them to continue it. At least that's like an ending. And, like, with Luke Cage, it's like, okay, I definitely would have wanted them to continue that. But, basically, at the end of the day, Luke became the villain. And if you want to end the story there, that's it. Luke is now a villain. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but Iron Fist really made me mad because that had, like, a real cliffhanger where it was like, huh? What's going on? Need to know more! You know, and Runaways, it's like, oh my god, if you cancel this, it's even worse. Because I really need to know what's going on here. And I want to make sure everybody's okay. And I want Gert and Chase to get together. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> Alright, you big softy. <laughs> Oh. It's okay. See, <laughs> put you back together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get this way. I, 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 I get this way about my pairings. <laughs> um. So, Beth, is there anything about Runaways that you wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? I think I have checked all my mental boxes. Okay. Fair enough. Just good. Mike, is there anything you want to talk about with Runaways that we haven't talked about yet? Nothing really comes to mind at the moment. It it was enjoyable. I, I really, really enjoyed really enjoyed this season uh, now that we got done with the quote-unquote origin of it. Um, I think what? We, yeah, we touched on basically every... We, we touched on basically everybody. Oh! We forgot AWOL. Now, he might have not been very memorable... But he brought the thunder much more than I actually gave him credit for. Oh, he was the he was the gangster that that became a cop. That was in the oh okay. In the the like the cap. <laughs> right. My words are breaking. Okay, yeah, he was the gangster that became a cop. Yeah, okay. And only just to serve as uh, basically the guy that can get away with stuff. Right. I mean, you you shop he shop. Uh, he shot up in front of a hospital. Yeah. Wow. At a baby. He shot at a baby. You and, and just seeing that, just seeing that, immediately you know, okay, there's no line. This guy is not going to cross, and he's not going to get his. He's not going to get his way. I at first thought that he was an actual Marvel character, and I haven't had a chance to even look him up to see if he's an actual Marvel character. Because mm. he, he, seriously, that was baller. If that term is used rightly, I don't know. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> All of a sudden, people are using that term. I have no idea what my, it means. My black car was gone back in grade school, so. <laughs> no b-balling for me. 
Yeah, you know what would made would have made the show better though, Mike? We've got the touch. Where? Where will I will put that? You've got the power? <laughs> you find the place to put that, Mike. <laughs> I give you I give you one reference and it works in one show and now you want it everywhere. I want it everywhere. I want that to be the part that connects all of the MCU. What have I done? So for people who haven't seen the Cloak and Dagger or heard the Cloak and Dagger podcast, Mike gave us the 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 better ending for the series by by putting the correct music on the final scene, which is you got the touch. That final climax, you know, because they played some other song there that didn't really did fit. Not. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know what? This would work a lot better if it was you got the touch. And it did. <laughs> did it worked so much better. But anyway. <laughs> All right, so. What do you want to see in season three if we get a night? I would like a new change. I would like a change of scenery. I would. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me would be I want to see Scroll Zavin. I want to, and and the thing, and even with that, I don't want to see this. This girl could be a great, could, could be a great actress or whatever. But I actually want to see full Scroll outfit costume like because Zavin. In the comic books, Zavin was actually uh, to be a... Uh, it was a super scroll. A train to be one. So, in that rea- in that comic book, a super scroll is basically a scroll that has the powers of the Fantastic Four, basically. But we don't have the Fantastic Four, wink, wink, dodge, dodge, yet. And <laughs> so, we can't really explore that aspect. But we saw what... Zavin's powers, right? Um, when he was fighting with uh with Victor, or was that not really just he was coming into uh, hey, you? That's my betrothed. Shut up, pew, and just got hit. Because I, I cannot remember if we saw his powers or not. No, I just did. No, I don't think we did. I don't remember seeing a power. I just remember the shape shifting. There was just so much shape shifting. I think that's that's all. <laughs> right, that's all I remember. <laughs> Although I think didn't Zavin like put the images in somebody's head that it, when she was talking about like her well that life. was did he did that for Carolina that was Carolina oh uh, okay sure. it was like a, a like a cave painting in her brain yeah yeah <laughs> it's like what are we watching right now I don't think I took any controlled substance <laughs> it's like can I get like the movie version of this <laughs> yeah. yeah budget. <laughs> All right, so you want Zavin? You want a change of scenery? Anything else? Uh, I want Alex to just be a better person. Okay. <laughs> all right. Oh, and Cloak and Dagger. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Although, I think it's more likely... Well, well, they have to get out of L.A. first, so, yeah. We'll see. Because I was hoping more that they were actually going to run away like further than L.A. this season so that maybe in between seasons they could show up in Cloak and Dagger's next, you know, like, between seasons of Runaways, like, there'd be an episode of Cloak and Dagger where they're passing through New Orleans and that would be, like, the connection between the two shows and they, they would meet up but that's, they're, you know, they're still in L.A., so... It wouldn't be unless Cloak and Dagger find a reason to go to LA to you know for episode. Um, 
then yeah, it would have to be next season. Yeah, you're right. It would have to be like next year before we saw. Yeah, them. All right. So was that it, Mike? That was it. Okay. Beth, what about you? What do you want to see next season? I am really struggling because I was I was so happy with this season that I can't think of anything that they could do better. I. Okay. I'm just blanking. Bear with me here. Okay. You've seen Jurassic Park, right? Yes. Right? And so you know that dinosaurs, because they have frog DNA, can change genders, right? Yeah. I like where you're going. (laughs) So what if they cloned another dinosaur and they had baby dinosaurs and Gert has a whole brood of dinosaurs (gasps) that she like... It's like go forth, my minions. <laughs> like awesome. That would be amazing. <laughs> but I don't think they're gonna do that. No, I don't. I'm think. trying to be realistic. Here. Okay. <laughs> but if they did, mm-hmm. I want one of the babies to be named Doily. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's fair. That's fair. Alright, right. That, that's you don't have any. I got nothing. I just love old lacing and Gert. I just okay. Ah, I'm a broken record. <laughs> and this of all the shows we watch is the show that you want to talk about on the podcast is the one that you have nothing to say about. <laughs> okay. I I just I don't know what they could add. Okay. I don't know how to make that mental next step. Okay. That's not my forte. I'm sorry. Okay. I just make pretty things. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, I mean, like Mike, I want to see the change of venue. I would love for them to have guest stars. I don't even care if it's just Cloak and Dagger, although that's the most logical one. Uh, now that the Netflix shows are ending, feel free to like have like Matt Murdock passing through, or you know, even Danny Rand, the immortal Iron Fist, <laughs> protector of Conlon and sworn an enemy of the hands. <laughs> you know, have any of them. Have any of them. Even better, if Punisher gets cancelled, as it almost certainly will, have Frank Castle go through LA. Oh, hell no. (laughs) That could only end well. Because, you know, there's there's a point in the comics where he goes against the runaways, and I'd love to see them do that on television. (laughs) Are you the ones trying to kill your parents? I like that. Let me join in. Uh, Let me give you some pointers. I just want to see, like, like you know, Molly take down, like, big old Frank Castle. <laughs> we haven't found out if she's bulletproof, and that's a lot of bullets. <laughs> well, then we just need to reach into Black Lightning and bring Thunder in. <laughs> I know, I know, it's the wrong universe. It's the wrong, yeah. I yeah, know, I know. Yeah, it's not, it's not right. You're going to start, you start a rumble. <laughs> you can't pit Marvel against DC. But then we can just go to the Wendy's Twitter. Page yeah, you, you have to be and, and go through them to talk to DC and Marvel, and we can make this happen. But yeah, and um, definitely want an explanation on what's really going on with Jonah's family, and yeah. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I got what? one. Pick me, pick me. Sure. <laughs> I want to know um, 
what's up? Like, how how did Gert get the mental thing with with uh, Old Lace? Yes, yes, that's what it was. I want that, and uh, not only do I want to know the deal with Jonah's race and his family, but I also want confirmation because this is just a theory that we have that the fourth member is inside um, Carolina's mom's womb, but maybe that it's possessing somebody else, in which case I'm not sure we've seen anyone acting that strangely, but it'll be interesting. Although I think my second choice, if it's actually somebody else, is that it's Alex. That would be my my backup choice. That that would fall along the lines of siding with the parents and that that would be an interesting take. Yeah, because I, I wonder if they might want to do that to just give him something more to do to have him be one of them. So now that he's wrapped up the whole thing of he got his parents in jail, like his storyline's kind of like over. So, but unless he was possessed, and then it's like, oh, just like how like the Victor's reinvented himself because now he's really Jonah in Victor's body. Mm-hmm. You know, now the Alex actor could reinvent himself as a new character because he's possessed also. So that's my backup. If if I'm wrong about the thing with Carolina's mom, I'm I'm saying Alex is the one that's possessed. Because he makes the most sense. And besides, you can't have it all be the parents. You have to have one person possessed who's in their group in the runaways. Yeah. I'm and, still saying it's Cletus the fetus. No, and it's fine. That that I think still think that that's a possibility too. But then also though, that takes away the need for a time jump. You don't need to jump nine months into the future if it's Alex, whereas you do if it's the baby. Premature labor. It happens. <laughs> yeah, but not that premature. <laughs> Sounds pretty mature. I mean, it's only she's only been pregnant like like she slept with Jonah like within the last like couple of months. So that means she's very new. I mean, she's she's not far along. Looks more far along than that. Uh, well, we'll see. Because there hasn't been that much time that's passed in the series. I think it was like they said six weeks between the end of season one and the beginning of season two. So it hasn't been that long. And Jonah just woke up. You know, I don't know how long season one took, but it wasn't that much time from the beginning of season one to the end of it. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right. But, but all right. So final, final assessment, Mike. Show as a whole, what would you say of Runaways and would you recommend somebody watch it? What would I, how would I recommend it? Yeah. Hi, kids. <laughs> you may know me from such movies as... <laughs> you may know me from such TV shows as Westworld. <laughs> or well, also from movies, Hunger Games. Or, or from such fantastic movies that's definitely family-friendly as Hunger Games. <laughs> I was in two out of the three. It counts. <laughs> Actually, you were in three out of the four, because they turned it into four movies, even though it was three books. It's a triloquad. <laughs> what? Oh, okay, that's a new term. I love it. It's because I invented it. It's my own word. Dibs. I, dibs, dibs understood. What you want to see is a nice kid show. A, kid, a show about kids. A show about parents who kill kids. <laughs> you kill kids for youth. For glory, for power, for fame, for science. <laughs> science. If you're looking, if you're looking for that kind of show, and you love Marvel, not because Loki's an anti-hero, but because, 
But because you just like Marvel as a whole, because well, there's two fantastic, there's two Fantastic Four characters who made a living outside of the Fantastic Four character. <laughs> Find yourself Actually, Marvel's it's the same Fantastic Four character. It's the Human Torch both times. I know it's so great. <laughs> You want to find yourself Hulu's, Marvel's, ex- a- a- apostrophe S more, Runaways, colon, it's good. <laughs> All right, so Beth, <laughs> what's you your... You can't ask me to follow that up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Would you recommend people watch Runaways? Yes. Okay. I think that's the best I'm going to get out of her. <clears throat> I broke Beth. I think don't tell Stephanie. Don't tell Stephanie. She'll get revenge. <laughs> I'm going to have to hunt you down because you broke me. <laughs> I'm just going to see it. this Davros is going to roll it up. Hello, Michael. <gasps> he has boobs. <laughs> so I think don't think I'm going to get any more out of her. Buncho. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, as for me, um, I really like The Runaways. I think it's a good show. Um, you know, I think that, you know, a lot of people, because I know some people who are really into watching the MCU films and they watch the Netflix stuff, but then it's like, oh, Runaways, I'm not going to watch that. Cloak and Dagger, I'm not going to watch that. And I think it's a stigma just because of the fact that the protagonists are young. And... I don't think that people should um, should should take that attitude because while there is definitely some teenage drama, it at least in Runaways I feel like it's very real. I feel like they're not just amping up the drama for drama's sake, and so um, you know I'm okay with it. And I think that there's enough cool stuff here, and especially with the second season, I feel like they've really found their footing. They've gotten the pacing right, and you know there were a lot of really cool twists, and there was a lot of really neat connections to the greater Marvel universe that I think that Runaways is well worth your time watching. So um, I'm really excited. There's really Really great cliffhanger um, for season three, and so yeah. If uh, you, someone who doesn't care about spoilers, and you listen through this podcast, I say you should watch the show. <laughs> Don't let us watch it for you. You watch it. <laughs> yeah. We watch it. You need to make better life choices and watch it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like in Humans where I say that we watched it so you don't have to. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so um, I think it's time to wrap things up. I think it's time to say goodbye to all our family. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. <laughs> Am I the only one who watched the Mickey Mouse Club? You get a pass because you're a father. <laughs> I'm the only one who watched the Mickey Mouse Club. Okay, all right, tough room. I didn't. I don't remember it. <laughs> we used to periodically get like free, like you know, like when we when we had cable, like we didn't get any of the pay channels, but every once in a while, we'd be like, "Here's a free month of Disney. Here's a free month of HBO," you know, because they were trying to get you to pay for them. And so whenever there was the free month of Disney, I saw the Mickey Mouse Club. You know, I was like five or whatever. But it works. Anyway. <laughs> All right. 
Alright, so Mike, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you. Goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. You can find me over on Twitter at this is Trex. That's T-Rex. Uh, you can also find me over on twitch.tv slash Trexlight. That's light, like a light bulb. If you enjoy video games, shenanigans, and more shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> Shenanigan Central. Yes. Alright. And Beth, why don't you say goodbye and let people know if they can find you on <laughs> uh, Good night everybody. Um I have been known as Beth. Um <laughs> You can find me on Etsy and on Facebook under the name Mrs. Whiskers Studios. That's two S's back to back because I was not thinking ahead of time when I was making the name. Well, I think that's easier for people to remember. Just type out all the words. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and yes, you can find me on episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Kevin Conroy. No. Um, <laughs> We're going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> He's the understudy. Yeah, I'm the understudy. <laughs> oh, all right, this is this is even better, Mike. I have to read um, in this voice because Beth likes me to read her to sleep, and so I pick different voices for different characters. So I have to keep this up for like sometimes 30, 45 minutes reading like this. So. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I'm not pretty sure that's how sleep works. <laughs> and kudos to your stamina. <laughs> well, I hate to brag, but... <laughs> Alright, so, uh, Mike, Beth, thank you so much for being on the show. And Ryan, you suck. <laughs> Aww. And that's it for our Runaways episode. We hope that you liked the episode, and you can let us know in a lot of different ways. You can go to our website at 42cast.com. You can email us at everything at 42cast.com. You can visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast. You can tweet to us at at 42cast, or you can leave us reviews on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. Also, don't forget to go to the ESO Patreon. It is a way of contributing to the entire ESO network. Work, including the 42 cast you'll get access to exclusive episodes as including exclusive episodes of the 42 cast all right that's my spiel that you guys are probably all sick of hearing unless you only listen to sporadic episodes of the 42 cast but i just need to get that out there uh as i've said before i am going to be at chicago tardis I'd love to hear from anyone who listens to the show. So if you're going to be at Chicago TARDIS, look me up. I am going to definitely be on the program doing some panels. I don't have that panel list right now as of the time of recording, but I will be in the program, so you'll be able to find me there. Uh, or if you just happen to hear my voice, you know, come up to me. Let me know you listen to the show. Tell me what you think about the show, whatever. I'd love to hear from anyone who is uh, interested in the show. But yeah, otherwise, I hope that everybody's happy that things have mostly gotten back to a weekly, you know, release schedule. Once again, thank you, Ben, for all of your help on that regard. But yeah, I think that's it. So join us back next week when Daisy Ridley will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off.
You have been listening to the 42Cast, copyright 2019. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.